Welcome, and I'm so glad that you're with me today. It's such a privilege to be able to teach the Word of God and to share these things with you that we're going to be talking about. I feel, I feel like I have had a, a royal feast in some things that God wants me to give to you. Do you know Jesus summarized all mistakes, all unanswered prayer, all problems into two categories. This, is, this will simplify your life. Jesus basically summed up errors into two categories. And you'll find that in like Matthew chapter 22, verse 29. They were arguing with him about the resurrection and, and uh, they're trying to set him up with a complex rabbinical problem that he would have to deal with. And Jesus said, he just cuts the Gordian knot. He cuts off the conversation and says, you're mistaken. You don't know the scriptures nor the power of God. King James says, you therefore do greatly err, neither knowing the scriptures or the power of God. My great mentor, Dr. Derek Prince, said to me, all error can be reduced to either an insufficient revelation or an insufficient anointing. In other words, the power's there, but you're not connecting, or the answer's there, but you're not getting it. But if you could walk in the scriptures and in the power, you'd never err. You'd, be, you'd hit it accurate all the time. And Jesus saw it and never missed it. He, uh, he, walked, he walked perfectly in the, he was the word, but he walked perfectly in alignment with the scripture and perfectly in alignment with the anointing. Woo! So uh, when we look at a year when we're going to be going through an open door and we know there's going to be adversaries and we're going to be asked by God to do more than we've done before, well, uh, right away I want to know, Lord, what power do I need to step into that I've not had before and what scripture do I need to be aware of that I've, I've never been aware of before? Bob Mumford, great Bible teacher, Mercedes, good to see you here. Are you with me here? Yeah, definitely. Glad you're here. Bob Mumford, uh, great Bible teacher, friend of Derek Prince, said, uh, you know, would you like to know what God's saying to you? Go get your Bible and look at everything you haven't underlined. Mm. <laughs> In a whimsical way, he's making a point. That sometimes the thing that God's saying is, is the thing that you're not, you're not necessarily hearing. But I'll tell you what, what'll put the fear of God in you is something Jesus says, he said, uh, he said to his disciples, now you are uh, clean through my word that I've spoken unto you. For uh, He said, you're clean through my word that I've spoken unto you. And then he goes on to say, my father is the vine dresser. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And the father prunes the vine. I remember a preacher once in Michigan. I never forget, he was so anointed. His name was John Stevenson as I recall, and, 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 a, and a great worship leader too, a preacher and worship leader. And he said this, he said, God would rather you prune yourself by the word, hearing what God's saying and judge yourself. And if you don't judge yourself when God's warning and talking and instructing you, then you could hear the pruning shears coming in the garden. God will start to clip off and cut. He said that, you don't want circumstances to be the first resort. You want the hearing ear to be the first resort. 
So the first thing is you're clean by the word that I've spoken. After that, the pruning shares do come out and God does some things. So we want to really have a close walk with God so that we could judge the things that God is judging so that we have the ability to walk in the fullness of the fruitfulness that he wants us to have. Does that make sense? Now, some of you may be nervous when I talk like that. Well, buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be a very interesting year. You want more? You're going to have to expand your capacity. As I said at the close of the last broadcast, a verse came back to me. I said, well, Lord, what's going on? This doesn't make sense. I was taught a happy Christianity. I, I remember I was pastoring at that time. Seems like I just got stress, stress all the time. And the Lord took me to the Psalms of David. And David said, oh God, thou hast enlarged me in my distress. Your distress is enlarging you. Believe it or not, increase makes you build muscles you did not have before. And at first it's like, this is hard. But after a while you got the muscle capacity, you can handle it. I remember the first time we did a broadcast here, that was weird. I mean, I could do a live meeting. I could talk to people. I never talked to an inanimate object with a camera in front of me before like this. <laughs> and uh, I remember how badly I did. And but it was uh, that uh, producer, Dale, was here, mm -hmm. uh, that Bert Lindsay had sent up to work with us. Thank God. People hear God and sow and give. He, just, he hired a producer. It's a great thing. Here's a man who knew the need I had wasn't financial. It was a person. So he hired a person to come up here and just encourage me to walk around the platform and talk at a camera. And the more I did it, the more comfortable I got. But I'll never forget, man, the first time, first time you do anything, it's not as comfortable <laughs> as once you do it a lot. Remember Now, how about you? Remember what it was like when you started doing the podcast? Oh, yeah. It's always clunky at first. I really like, I don't know if Larry wants me to tell the story, but the first time Larry ministered publicly at a youth group, like we laughed on the way back. It was how, about how bad it was. Like it was just so <laughs> awkward and like a lot of ums and uhs and like this youth group of high schoolers, such college age kids are like, what the heck is this guy talking about? We laugh now about how awkward it was, but he's so proficient at it now. I mean, he can get a whole room on their feet and, you know, he travels and ministers almost as much as you're out and about. He's No, he does. So I'm jealous sometimes of the fact that he gets to go out and do revival all the time. And I got a Fight these Christian nationalists and nasty... Seat in the seat of... What did you say in the last broadcast? In the seat of scorn? Yeah, that's right. Don't mm -hmm. sit in the seat of scorn for the Lord told me. Never let the scorn be stronger than the delight in the Lord. I said, yes, Lord. Do not let the scorn... I want, I'm going to give you guys a bunch of revelations now. We've got to go through these. I want to drop money because I got them today and I'm going to be very frustrated if I don't release them. So starting off with this one. Uh, let's go to um, Deuteronomy 8.18. This is a very strange verse. I got this one up in um, Camp Hill, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, at Pastor Charles Stock's church, New Life. It's funny, I can remember these places. And it was uh, Deuteronomy 8.18. And I, I can recall how I was uh, studying. I was actually taking an offering for his conference. And I went to this verse, and it talks about uh, how God says, hey, you were humbled, you were insufficient, and I did all that to prove you. Look at verse 16. The Lord fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the latter end. God wanted to bless David, and so David went through some distress. 
but David's distress was expanding his capacity to handle his latter end as a king. And sometimes you're going through things and you're going, I don't know why I'm going through it. It's because God wants you to be able to handle what's coming in the future. He's expanding your capacity, teaching you now so you can get promoted there. And so don't say in your heart, it was my power, my ability, my skill, my personality, my talent that got me this success. No, it was the Lord that gave it to you. Because if you remember back then, uh, you, were, you weren't that strong, and he was teaching you, and you were struggling. So once you get it together, once you're good at what you're doing, remember, it was God that trained your hands to fight. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Why does God give you influence? Why does God give you increase? Why does God give you buildings? Why does he give you land? Why does he give you media? Why does he give you uh, uh, finances? It's so that you can establish his mission on the earth. You're the throughput. You're the pipeline. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. But a lot of people damn it up and take it. They assimilate what God wants to get through them. They take it. That's what's so fascinating about my wife's work. She's got warehouses. Her challenge is she has to get the things out to bless the people because new stuff's coming supernaturally all the time. She's got six warehouses going. She says, how do you even find out who I am? Well, we found your name in, uh, you know, Google or something. A hotel in New Jersey finds Annabelle's furnishing families of Texas and ends up giving her like, you know, 50 televisions and couches. She's got to clean out. They're cleaning out a hotel and they're giving it all to her. She has to move out stuff to bless the people because she's got more stuff coming in. It's fascinating. It's just going through or through like that. But what I'm trying to get to you over here is that God gives you the power to get wealth, to have provision so that he can establish throughput, his covenant in the earth. He's He's discipling nations. He's converting people. He's fighting in culture. I heard Russell Johnson say something, a great young preacher up in uh, Washington, Washington State. He said, the culture wars is the proxy war with the devil. Your spiritual warfare right now is in the culture war. If you're not engaged in the culture war, you're not engaged in warfare with the devil because the enemy is warring at every front of culture to shrink the church and to defile the conscience of people. So if you're not at war to resist the devil out there in education where they're going after your children, then you're missing where the warfare is. It's a proxy war. The culture is a proxy war. God is going to give you the power to get influence, wealth, authority, so that he can establish the kingdom of God on the earth, the will of God on the earth, the manifestation of his purpose on the earth. And uh, that word power is where I want to go right now. I looked it up. It's the word koach, K-O-A-C-H. Ach, the ruach, the koach. Hebrew, it's all koach. And it refers to the force, capacity, power, substance, ability, physical, spiritual, or mental. God will give you the mental ability, the spiritual ability, the physical ability, the material ability, the financial ability to establish a foothold for his purpose on the earth. The power's there. But then I looked up further. The root of the word chawach 
and it comes from a very weird origin. It comes from the word lizard. The translators really had a problem because when they're taking the translation, they're looking at the scripture and they're trying to translate, you know, the parchment. It says that they translated the word as choach, but the actual word there for power is derivative of the word lizard. And I thought, this is weird, Lord. The God, you give us the lizard to get wealth. And I was laughing. So I was thinking of Gucci bags and sandals. I was thinking, wait, 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 wait. Lizard to get well? Like what? What do you what you do with lizard skin? I and then I caught it. I'm studying. Not any lizard, but a desert lizard, the desert lizard that was existed in Palestine and Israel and in, in the wilderness in Egypt was a chameleon. And that was it. Lord says to me, this is when the Holy Ghost starts speaking. I gave to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and my people the chameleon-like ability to adapt to any period of time, any economic environment, so they prospered. Boom, right away my mind went back to Isaac. Did he not sow in a place and time of famine and reaped a hundredfold? How did he sow in a famine and reap a hundredfold? He had the chameleon-like ability to change and adapt so that he could supernaturally prosper. I want you to know God is going to give you the power, the chameleon-like ability to adapt. Well, Brother Lance, what's going to happen if inflation goes up? The adaptation will be given to you. Well, Brother Lance, what happens if this happens? God will give you the chameleon-like ability to adapt. That's so that he can establish his covenant. It's a supernatural blessing anyway. It's not you. God's not limited by what goes on down here. So I wanted to get that over to you. You have the ability to adapt. But uh, you're going to have to be in the habit of, like I said, God will test you and humble you, test you to see if you're obedient so that you do the right thing, so that he, uh, he humbled you and allowed you to hunger, may humble you and let you have a period of a contradiction you're going through, in order that he might enable you to know that you don't live by your circumstance, you live by the word of God. Man should not live by bread alone. Man should not live by natural things alone, but by the supernatural word of God, because the word of God will materialize the power to change the situation. I think it's fascinating. And it goes kind of like to Malachi. How does God, you know, get involved with the warfare over your resources, your finances, your influence, your ministry, your job. Well, Malachi chapter 3 uh, is, is a powerful uh, uh, verse here. It says in verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer, the devourer of your time, the devourer of your health, the devourer of your marriage, the devourer of your influence, the devourer of your finances. I'm going to release the power to acquire the resource you lack, and I'll give you the ability to adapt to whatever's holding you back, and you're just going to, like, water, move around the obstacle. And I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. The devil will not destroy the fruit of your ground. That's your children. That's your family. That's your ministry. That's your business. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. I don't care what the famine looks like. Fruit is still going to be on your vine. Your vine. Well, how's it going to happen, Lord? Well, you actually have to... Uh, Go back a few verses. And then he says, verse 10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. That word food, 
circle it. It's actually the word teref. It's not food, it's the New King James. It's actually the word teref means freshly torn prey. What the Levite prophet Malachi is teaching is that to the Jew, you bring your seed, your finance, your sacrifice, your offering, or whatever it is, into the storehouse of God so that there can be freshly torn meat in the house of God. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. If you want to know how to do the will of God and finish his work, it's never milk. It's always meat. Milk is a baby's food. Meat is for men. Meat is for adults. God wants you to have meat so that you could do the will of God. John 4, 34, my meat is to do the will. So the meat is the revelation of the will of God. The meat is the chameleon-like ability to adapt to any circumstance so that God's will can be done. And he says, try me now in this, says the Lord, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. That word for blessing is fascinating. It's uh, in the translation of the Hebrew to Latin, the word Jerome translated it, all of Hebrew into Latin. And then from there we have the English. That verse there is pour out for you such a blessing, it's the word benediction. And the word bene means good, diction means flow of utterance. See if I will not pour out for you such a stream of revelatory utterance in your ear that you will have a hard time keeping up with it. Have you ever been, this is what happened when I'm listening to Bill Johnson. It's uh, somebody's like speaking and they're speaking and they're speaking and, and you know, that's a good point. I'm writing it down. That's a good point. Finally, I'm, I can't keep up with it. I say, I'm turning around to make sure they're recording it. I'm giving up. Well, what, what that means is, there's such a flow of utterance, I can't keep up with it, I'll just get the tape. God says, I'm going to pour out for you such a divine oracle of instruction that you're, going, that you're not even going to be able to contain what I revealed to you because the secret to the Jewish blessing is the word of God. And that's how you end up in a position where God rebukes the devourer. That's how... God rebukes the devourer. Let me say something here. Some people don't like this verse because it talks about tithes. Well, I don't know about that. It's Old Testament. That's the law. Uh, stingy people have a problem with tithing. Uh, people of faith have no problem with tithing. You know why? Because the New Testament laws of Jesus, every law goes further than the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Dennis Prager got in a bunch of trouble he said, the Old Testament's prohibition is on the act of adultery, not necessarily the thought. Well, Jesus takes a little further. He says, whosoever looks upon a woman to lust after has already committed adultery in his heart. Jesus, the New Testament takes everything further. The Old Testament, uh, you can't murder. New Testament can't be angry because mm. it's like murder. Jesus goes to the heart, not the outer man. If the Old Testament tithe is 10%, trust me, the New Testament is more. God basically wants you to be living a life of giving and supernaturally seeing the 
the provision come back to you. I'm saying that because you are robbing yourself of a steady flow of divine utterance and meat in your mouth, the freshly torn revelation that will enable you to do the will of God. If you're robbing him, forget about the tithes, it says, and offerings. I don't teach on finances. Andrew Womack had to call me up and rebuke me one day. He said, Lance, you teach on everything. I never hear you teach on finances. I got convicted. I said, well, years ago, I think I made an inner vow. Somebody said, it's funny these marketplace guys are all teaching about the marketplace and then they all need your money. And I thought, no, that's exactly right. So I, I kind of made a vow that I would figure out how to put my marketplace anointing that I teach people seven mountains. I'll do the work over here and I'll fund the ministry over here till I got to the point where I can't, I really don't have enough money to do everything God said to do. Now I'm now I'm got to go to my partners. I got to humble myself and go, Lord, I feel a little bit vulnerable right now. Well, I have to go to you because I can't do it. I don't have the ability. This age in my life, I cannot do it. I can't do all that God's called me to do unless I have partners that'll help me do it. And that's where you come in. And I'm telling you, it's tithes and offerings. Some people will do the tithes and they blow it on the offering because the tithe opens the window of heaven. The offering determines what comes through. Think about it. Tithe opens. Offering determines uh, the rate. So I started thinking, you know, thank God my wife. I figured that sons are balanced out because my wife's crazy giver. And like, I'm a little more Jewish that way. I mean, I'm calculating. I'm, I'm doing it. It's like, here's the difference between my wife and me. I'm It's confession, all right? I'm just as obedient as she is. But when we were young, she'd write the check. Oh, she'd be all happy. And I'd be like, tears in my eyes. Oh, here it goes. It's like, I was being obedient, but it was a sacrifice. She was being obedient. It was hilarious. Well, that's how God, like my aunt Margaret used to say, as he made them, he matched them. <laughs> but I want you to catch this. God's going to open for you windows, plural, multiple windows, windows, windows. That means it's more than one source. Do you know what, do you know what God's given you ideas? And I don't know if you're acting on those ideas. Sometimes God gives you an idea to do something and you don't have any entrepreneurial people. You don't have like a Mercedes Sparks mm. who's a born entrepreneur. So she's got all these ideas for creating wealth. She's got the chameleon-like ability to adapt to whatever's going on in the marketplace and she knows what to do. That's a gift. That's an ability. Um, and, and I'm saying that because I believe this year God wants to activate that marketplace area in you. I don't care what happens with the economy. I, this is a funny thing. I'll be the first one to tell you what $34 trillion worth of debt and monetary policy is doing in America. Then the Lord turns around. You talk about having a divine whiplash. He turns around and goes, all right, that's all true. Now teach them I'm their source. It's like, woo. It's one thing if I didn't know how deep the cavern was or how deep the valley was. And then, then the Lord says, take a big step. I know how deep the hole is. A lot of most people don't. The Lord says, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be supernatural provision. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the power, the chameleon-like ability to adapt, but you better be hearing what I'm saying, and I'm going to give you more revelation than you can keep up with. And when that works... That's when God rebukes the devourer. You want, if you're not seeing the devil rebuke, it's because perhaps you're not cooperating with the process. May I say that? You know, we've covered a lot of territory right now. I want to do this in part two tomorrow.
because I want to share a testimony and a story I've never shared before about how this actually works. You guys get the pragmatics of putting it to work in your life situation. And uh, by the way, your partnering with me and me partnering with you is going to be part of the secret sauce for this year, us both going up to a higher level, because I can't do what I got to do without you. And I'm believing that God's going to release through this ministry something to you you've never received before. Go to lancewellnow.com forward slash divine. As you partner with the ministry, I want to show to you divine appointments. This is a special teaching on how to position yourself for the uh, interception of God's favor and appointment in your life. lancewellnow.com forward slash divine, D-I-V-I-N-E. You can call 800-910-6349. And you can also partner with us there also. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.